0: All right, before we get started with the episode this week, I just want to apologize for the technical difficulties. It it might not be that bad, but Andrew was tapping his microphone quite a bit. I just want to apologize for that. It won't happen again. And please excuse my voice because I am under the weather, and this is my Jordan flu game. Enjoy the show.
1: Let me tell you this. Green Bay is a great town for football. No one is perfect. Nobody can be perfect. But by striving for absolute perfection,
0: you raise yourself notches above what you may have been content to be. Who's our head ref today? It's
2: Tony Tulloch. This is his rookie year. Oh, we're gonna give him some. Nineteen. Nineteen. This is the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Coming from B2B Data Guy Studios with your hosts Spencer Monowitz and Kyle Turkowski. Hello and welcome to another edition
0: of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. This is Spencer joined as always with Kyle. Kyle? Hello. Oh. Oh, this is not Kyle.
2: Hello, this is Andrew.
0: So Kyle is sick this week but I've the show must go on. We've obviously garnered enough of a following now where we need to put something out.
2: You can't miss a week at this point in time.
0: So this is Andrew. You may have heard his voice previously, but I assume we can just go along with the show pretty much exactly as per plan
2: previously. So, Great.
0: Kyle, how was
2: game day on Sunday? <laughs> you know, it was, it was amazing. Um, I, was, I was watching from my couch. Uh, it was quite the, uh, quite the atmosphere. I had a, a little bit of a hangover, but I very much so enjoyed enjoyed the view.
0: Perfect. Well, that's great. It sounds like you had a great time. So the Green Bay Packers remain undefeated, defeating the Denver Broncos 16-27. to 27. It's been the same song and dance all year. Um, it was offense for a little bit, just enough so that the defense could seal away
2: the game. Exactly. You know, we do get a flash of some of that exciting, you know, 2015-2014 uh, primetime Packers, but it, it, it does come with its fair share of dud three-quarters. Absolutely. So,
0: we'll start off. Aaron Rodgers, once again, he's playing well enough. He's not playing like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think it's his, it's his arm. His arm's still there. It's just... Um, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but uh, the the Broncos, the last time they played Green Bay, was on Monday Night Football four years ago. And since that game, Aaron Rodgers really has not been the same Aaron Rodgers.
2: I don't know. I mean, we've seen some amazing comebacks and amazing games since four years. That's quite a while in in, I, in he, what I'm thinking. He had the
0: eight-game run when we ran the table. Yes. But other than that, I mean it's Is that the relax year? No, that was that was several years before that. Okay. But it's you don't get a full game of Superman anymore. No, that's no. what well, it's We get glimpses.
2: So what I'm saying is he's he's not gone. He's, he's you still know he's there. Right. He's just not sixty minutes there.
0: Yes, and we've we've got, we got into that last week too, but it's just it's more of the same. I don't think it's the arm. I just he doesn't. Fe- if he doesn't feel confident in the play, the play is just not going to work. Because that's when he starts looking around,
2: and that's when he starts throwing the ball away. Do you think that comes from several injuries, a, ling- a lingering injury? He's kind of skittish, afraid to get tackled, afraid to get hit. Uh, he's a competitor. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers wants to just win games, not just get paid. I mean, he wants to be out there performing. Do you think it's af- afraid? I no. Who knows at this point? Like like we said, it's
0: been it's been three years. It's I've kept saying it's that he's got a case of the yips and it's just you don't you you watch other quarterbacks and they drop back and they sit in the pocket and sling it and he just doesn't do that but at the same time he doesn't feel strong enough and he's probably not athletic and athletic enough anymore to take the ball outside and run it sure so now instead of running he runs out of the pocket and throws it away sure the elusive factor is gone
2: absolutely the arm is still there but
0: the quick quick legs are gone it's well it's the quick legs and it's the doubt for for what's in front of him he's not he's not trusting what he sees that i don't know anything that's what it seems like to me sure but on a, on the positive side he did only get hit once this week which is great obviously if, if Rogers goes down i don't know what this team would be but i Defense. Overall, Big, biggest positive of, of this game is that Aaron Rodgers came out with one hit and he played well enough to win the game.
2: Which is exceptionally important, probably, when you have a, a Thursday night game.
0: Absolutely. Well, le- well, the reason why he was able to play so you know, not as successfully as he had pre- previously is because of the running game. Jamal Williams had another career game, uh, reminding me a bit of last year against the Jets, where he did do a little bit of everything. Very similar this week, where they just fed him the ball. He didn't have any real negative plays. he doesn't have he doesn't fumble he doesn't miss blocks, but it's the perfect game for a number two back. Um, a lot of people were a little brought down because Aaron Jones only had 11 carries, but I think this was. Great.
2: Yeah, it's not a breakout game, um, but like you said, there's no mistakes. He's he's letting Aaron Jones rest his legs, and he's getting out there and making the plays that need to be made. Consistency. Yeah, Um. but I think get, getting back into the
0: carries with Aaron Jones, only getting 11, especially after last week having a career high of 27, I believe, this week only getting 11. Fantasy football people obviously don't like that, but when you combine – aaron jones only rushing 11 times and uh aaron Rodgers um only taking one hit it's the perfect situation going into a short week and this is showing how matt lafleur is becoming more of a manager or at least he's showing how he will manage this team
2: no that makes complete sense and it's obviously like you said probably well thought out planned ahead you know once once we see the game is probably won. Like I think we kind of talked about this before we started recording. Once the game is probably won, you get Aaron Jones out of there and keep him rested up for next week because he's going to be more of a factor coming off of this Sunday into next Thursday. Uh, you know, and if we need him, he, he's fresh and ready to play.
0: Yeah, and as as I was alluding to, I think this is we're starting to see more of Matt Lafleur, the head coach, and less of him, the offensive coordinator. I've been I've had this thought, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who does where it seems like the the Green Bay Packers in 2019 are a team of two coaches with Mike Pettin, who is a former head coach, and Matt LaFleur now, first-year head coach, younger guy, offensive mind. Pettin, after week one, everyone obviously saw the the defense just rush him as soon as the Packers won. Matt LaFleur, obviously he was happy for the Packers to win, but it's just these negative tones and the presser, and even week two in his press conference, he referred to the defense as they and quickly corrected himself and said we, which I think is showing that again, where it's kind of Matt's taking care of the offense, uh Pettin's in charge of the defense, but now we're seeing him kind
2: of take full control of, of both parties to wrap up right. get He's, them off the line as one.
0: Exactly. It's more of man it's managing a team. More than just coaching the offense, and even the week before, um, he had a very similar example of this. Is when questioned for why Lane Taylor and and um, uh, the, the rookie Elton Jenkins were were swapping and splitting snaps, he said, "It's well, we're going to need these guys fresh at the end of the year." Be it usually you do that with larger guys in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. I hadn't really heard of. Doing that on the offensive line, so I just thought that was pretty interesting. All proved to be for not because c- Lane Taylor is now on the injured reserve and Jenkins is her starter, but it's just some, uh, it's a new wrinkle that we haven't seen from the Packers in years past. Moving on to the receivers, uh, Devonte Adams once again pretty s- for Devonte Adams pretty slow start. I think he finished with like fifty-seven yards and just a few catches. Yeah, like six targets, not not an impressive amount there. Not not great. But at least he, I don't remember him dropping any balls or not being successful whenever. Not the offense any major was drops, at
2: least you know when he when he was needed. Yep, uh, MBS
0: first decent game of the year, I thought. Yeah, uh, ninety nine yards, one touchdown. It once again, it was. Mostly from the from the first quarter where he had the bomb, and then after that it was a little here, a little there. He had another drop, I believe. I'm not too worried about it with the conditions, but yeah,
2: I mean he's. Impressive. I know you're a big Thunder you're a big NBS guy. I, I'm, I'm because you know I'm a gambler, and he's cheap on these these fan sites. So, of course, you know until he gets uh, popular. But right now, I mean, he's almost cheaper than Geronimo Allison. Well, know, he might, I, don't as as he, I don't think you so. I don't think he
0: will be anymore after after the big I, game. Yeah, no, that's and that's that.
2: <laughs> so now I'm not. Now I got to find the next guy. You know, maybe Kumaro.
0: Right, which we'll get into now. Geronimo is having a rough start to the year. I've seen people on Twitter think that maybe he's still a little injured. I believe it's a foot injury, slowing him down. But it's just, it's drops. He's not making these plays that you want. You know, maybe there was a there was a ball thrown to him from Rogers this week where he did airmail it a bit. But I don't know. It, it As a was a little behind. Them.
2: Receiver should probably be caught.
0: Maybe you want you want him to make more of those plays that that surprised you that they're able to make. And he just hasn't made those. Last year, I was very, very impressed where he seemed to be the third down guy. Devontae Adams, for as great of a receiver as he is, he isn't on the same page with Rodgers as, say, Jordy or Cobb were, where on third down, the, the play would break down and Cobb and Jordy would just meander down the first down line, find Rodgers, boom, first down. Devontae doesn't do that too much. But Geronimo last year, right out of the gates, it seems like every catch he made was a first down.
2: Picked up that guy. Yeah, he took that spot over. That's kind of a a point you just made that I was curious to discuss again. um, When we talked earlier about Rodgers, you know, first off thrown to Devontae Adams and then second off thrown to uh, the out out of bounds, you know, 66 times over the course of the last 16 games or what have you. Is this because he doesn't have as much confidence or chemistry in his receivers uh, that we're seeing as he used to three, four years ago with Jordy, you know, Cobb, and then obviously Devontae Adams being a, a starter and a come up there. But now, now with his core, it maybe obviously it's a little bit younger, but it, is that, is that part of the reason why we're getting a lot of throw, throwaway balls and not as big plays that we used to the confidence?
0: You do actually bring up a good point because it seems like in the, in the past, uh, especially when Ted Thompson was GM, we always had a pretty deep wide receiver group. Uh, Four, four years ago, it kind of took more of a hit when Jordy tore his ACL and against the Cardinals, I believe he finished the game with Jared Aberderis and Jeff Janis as our receivers. Not ideal. Not ideal, but I think that's a good point you bring up where Rodgers has always had this stable of receivers up top where you know it's Jordy, Cobb, Greg Jennings.
2: And people he's been with for, for a very long time.
0: For a very long time, but while that's going on, the offense is able to... Keep going and be successful because you have these top guys while you bring in a younger guy who can learn while everyone else is on the field being successful. Right. Well, now, Jordy gone, Cobb gone, and even the previous years where, you know, Jordy was coming back from injury, Devontae was starting to rise – but starting last season, when Jordy and them were gone, we didn't have any of these guys we could just plug in and play to let the the younger guys the last so season had to step learn. up.
2: I mean, last year you had MVS as almost your number two guy. You know, you had Saint Brown as a number three guy, and it, it's tough. Exactly. Exactly. They're being they're being pushed into these roles where previously
0: it had been years where he they're able to develop this chemistry with Rodgers, and now because they're more thrusted in because they are second year players. We have growing pains. Be it that's happened with every every receiver. Going back a few years, I mean, the hashtag cut Adams from Twitter <laughs> was unbelievable and so stupid. And you look at how it only took him these three years now he's to become a top five receiver I mean, in the league. He, he, absolutely, he's
2: drafted number four overall. I think you know what I mean. So so he's right. You're you're definitely right there. But uh, I, I do think you know that as we kind of evolve throughout the year two and we have. More forced chemistry or, or more forced playing time with some of these second tier guys—they're going to become, you know, we'll, we'll see more connections. The only thing—the
0: only thing that'll get these, make these guys better—are reps. And it's great that we're go- moving through growing pains right now,
2: but we're three and zero, and we're also winning, right? We're not taking losses to get more chemistry and, and get our team figured out, especially with the new head coach, obviously. And that, I mean, that, I'm sure you, you've had plenty of time to talk about that, but that's an amazing feat in of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, starting with a brand new offense and then you know coming out three and zero. And staying with the pass catchers, once again, second week in a row of not a lot
0: of production from the tight end position. Jimmy Graham, um, I believe his snaps, maybe don't quote me on this, I don't have them on hand, but I think Mercedes Lewis actually led tight ends to snap this week. Um, Robert Tanyan, I think, was second, and Jimmy
2: Graham was after that. But even, even still, it's... There's, there's a big <laughs> fan push for Tanyan. If you go to a lot of like Twitter, I mean, right now you see... You just see a lot of people saying, hey, it's time to cut Graham and start Tanya." And the big question is, hey, if he, if he didn't have his $10 million contract, would we be starting Tanya instead? Would he be the main guy on the field? And I don't know. Do, do, do these coaches and offensive coordinators, do they consider the contract that someone is, is getting paid versus how much playing time they get? Or if someone's better, are they going to put him on the field? I, and that's where I'm not sure, but it makes sense.
0: I think to a point, and we'll actually get into that more later, but I just wanted to touch on, once again, not a very good game. Just this game from these guys, Jimmy, I don't remember anything huge from him at all. Tanyan had the one route where he actually went deep down the left, yep. and it sounds like I um, I did watch the game again, but um, he slowed up a little bit with with Rodgers,
2: which caused the overthrow. So we'll see going forward. A chemistry thing, again, like we talked about, you it, know, knowing where the ball's going, knowing where to be. That on one's less
0: routes. chemistry. That's more not knowing NFL football. You you can't be quitting on your outs like that. Um, Offensive line, no sacks allowed. First time this year where that's happened. Brian Balaga continues to be an absolute force at right tackle. Uh, We haven't gotten on to it in the past, but there was also this vocal minority uh, throughout the offseason that wanted us to move on from Brian Balaga, which is I understand he deals with a lot of injuries and – you know he does miss time with that, but the guy still started 14 games last year, and he, when healthy, he is an All-Pro caliber tackle. Um, I'm starting to wonder. Bak- uh, Bakhtiari, he struggled. He struggled a bit for Bakhtiari. Still a great left tackle, one of the best in the league. Blog is playing so well on the right, but Billy Turner at at guard is just. I'm wondering if he's playing himself into being the right tackle last year. Uh, as soon as the as the Packers drafted uh, Elton Jenkins, my first thought was, "Oh, okay, so Turner is going to be our right tackle." Everyone, as soon as we signed him, the, we wonder we were wondering why he got paid so much money for a guy who had only been a reserve guard in the past, guard slash tackle. I really, at that point, I assumed. The plan is is he's going to start somewhere on the line, and then next year after Balaga leaves, he would be our right tackle. Well, now, I think they were, perhaps the Packers were assuming Blaga would struggle, or maybe he'll get he would get hurt, or injur- injuries would come back into the come back into the picture. But Turner struggling so bad at guard, which should not be a high paid position, makes me think that we might let Balaga walk next offseason because we're going to have to move Billy to that spot just so his contract makes sense.
2: Sure, that makes a ton of sense, and I'm not a huge contract guy, but what you said makes sense. My follow-up question was going to be actually about the price that we're paying some of these names that you mentioned because we have to be paying enough for people to be wanting to cut positions here, right? If they're performing and they're not letting a a ton of sacks in consistently, there must be something, which would be the contract.
0: Sure. I I can't remember offhand how much Billy Turner made – Twelve It's not twelve a year. Well, you I, said the he, cut Balaga motion, right? Balaga, I know his cap number is eight million per year. Okay. For how much people wanted us to cut Balaga in the off season to get that cap money for no reason? Um, eight million dollars. I can guarantee, unless Balaga does come back and take and takes a hometown discount, he's going to make more than eight million dollars. Sure. No, in the in the NFL, you are lucky to have one quality tackle. And the Packers have two. Right. So someone's going to pay up. You look at how much average tackles go for in the league. I mean, sh- like I said, you look at how much we pay Billy Turner. You look at what Reef got for the Vikings and all of this, who's just an average guy. They get paid. Sure. So it makes sense
2: to keep them on at the price we have.
0: Absolutely. And now we'll go to a quick message from one of our sponsors. And now stepping up to the stage. B2B Data Guy.
1: I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything be to be. I want to increase open rates so your customers see you. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I've contracted a new beginning, a reason for saying these emails out for you I want to learn your customers pain points I want to fulfill all of your needs I want to get your messages read now until you get some qualified leads
0: Go to b and mention this ad for an awkward conversation. All right, now on to the defense. Once again, stellar performance. It's very weird watching this team. Uh, Mike Pettin's doing an amazing job. But the things that just keep coming to mind, and I'm sure it is for everyone, it's the Smith brothers, and then it's Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander. I think once again, and I don't want to get too hyped on this, but it's what my brain has just turned to. Last year, I said Jair Alexander. I thought that was his coming out party. It's to the point now when you watch Jair Alexander, and I know how homerish this sounds, I get the same feeling I had watching Charles Woodson when he was on the field, where anytime the ball is in his vicinity, you, you're looking for the ball to come out. You don't know if he's going to pick it. You don't know if he's going to punch it out. But man, it's really exciting to see this defense with a guy like this who just absolutely swarms.
2: Right, he held Emmanuel Sanders to what two catches? One catch. Right, I mean, and then and he's a relatively—I mean—he's a wide receiver one. Absolutely. Know? And did you see the quote he had afterwards too? I, I didn't.
0: Oh man, uh, oh Emmanuel Sanders said that right now because the Broncos are zero three. Yep. That they're in a world of suck. <laughs> that was that was the quote that went a little bit viral sure. after the game.
2: Sure. But yeah. Emmanuel's had a great year up until this game.
0: I mean, Has he? Yes. I have been paying. Attention. I yes. I like I like Emmanuel Sanders. The player, I, I'm surprised how quickly he was able to get back after turning his Achilles tendon last year. But as I was saying, yeah, Jair, it's just, he's kind of starting to turn into this almost second captain of the defense. Uh, Zadarius was named captain, but Jair, it's just, he's he's like the soul of of the young side of this. Which goes along with Darnell Savage, who once again, I mean, he got his first career pick. Which, it's funny saying that, in his third game, it feels like it should have happened earlier than this. Right, And that was another amazing play, too, where I think most people watching thought it was a dead ball It hit the ground.
2: Oh, yeah, no. We, <laughs> we watched it a few times before we realized what actually had happened in that play. And what's exciting is, I mean, you know, kind of as a different point, what's exciting is seeing a defense make plays like that and interceptions, you, you know, a defense strong or a defense heavy game typically can be kind of boring yep. uh, and, and, you know, slow pace, but when you're getting turnovers, you're getting sacks, you're getting fumbles consistently, which is what we're doing. It's, it's a very fun thing to watch. It
0: It's funny because yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we've gotten into in the past where these game, these games so far this year, we're winning and It might not be the most entertaining or what we're used to, but shoot, I guess I hadn't really thought of it until now. I'm almost more excited to watch... The defense on the field than the offense because you don't know what's
2: going to happen. A brand new experience, right? It's you know, br- when you get Aaron Rodgers out there, you expect what to happen, and you're let down if it doesn't. But you know what to expect.
0: That's, I guess, that's what it is. You're kind, and you're, when you get a bringing, defense, you're bringing up
2: a good point it's, where it's a um, new feeling as a Packer fan.
0: The de- last decade, the defense when these picks happen, or you know, Jair punching the ball out and Darnell making the pick, it's surprising because we haven't seen this in the past. Right when. It's kind of the same thing with the Packers offense. It's we're just bummed out cuz you see Aaron Rodgers and you expect something so
2: much. Our expectations it, are so high on offense and so low on defense. It's it's a, it's a nice rush to see some defensive plays that excite you. Exactly. You're being surprised in different ways. One way very positively,
0: one way very negatively. <laughs> right. That, yeah. But Savage still I it's it's amazing how much one guy. I really feel like he I don't want to say more than anything else, because we we did bring a lot of pressure last year even for not having talent in the front seven. But he's able to make these plays that just weren't being close to being made before. When we had Haha Clinton Dix ranging in the backside of the secondary, he was if if it was a run play, he he wasn't really gonna help unless it was a huge gain. You know, unless it was a 15-yard pickup where they're coming to him. Darnell Savage now. He's so quick recognizing what the offense is doing. He's able to just shoot for wherever the running back's going, mostly it seems like at least, and just blow up the play, which is not what we've had in the past. We're watching uh, this weekend actually with my buddy AJ. It's it's like you we would get these plays in the past on the defense where one guy is just a spearhead for the ball car- carrier, and he would miss, or maybe he'd make the play, but now... And you know that would be very that would be shocking. Not maybe not shocking, but you're like oh wow, we almost had him. Now we get these plays where it's like there's four guys all doing the same thing, just attacking the ball car- carrier. Where I don't know what this defense is. I'm not used right. to this.
2: Well, here's a question. Right now, I think overall we're like rated two or three against the run and four or five against the pass. Do you think it's due to the quality of, of running backs and or wide or sorry, excuse me, um, quarterbacks that we've been up against? You know, we haven't really seen a top half quarterback that we've matched sure. up against yet. So are our stats a little bit inflated? I just don't want to be let down going into the next. Yeah, you know, not let down, but you know no, what I mean. I, I, I have I'm, high expectations for our defense. That's what we've been saying. am I'm,
0: la- I'm laughing because you don't want to get let down, and all I'm thinking right now is this team is so fucking good. We have to get let down because <laughs> right. if we don't win the Super Bowl. It's a letdown. It's we, going to be like, a le- barring we're, what happens we're here. Favorite out. Number
2: two or three, you know. I mean, it, Ugh, it,
0: it, I don't even want to get into that. Really. Wait, way too early. Way too early. No, look, yeah. at, look at the odds. <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, as as you were getting to the uh, the the defense, uh, our what, matchups, you know, our oh, running sorry, backs that sorry. we faced are all sub half. You know, the bottom half of running backs. Maybe maybe uh, you could make an argument well, on the Vikes there. I would get into this. Pettin
0: even said this week. I don't remember what the exact quote was, but he said. We'd rather we'd rather them, uh, or it's a lot slower to walk than it is to fly. Sure. So what they're doing is, and the ba- usually the base package talking NFL defense is your your standard base, not a nickel, where it's your three down linemen, four four linebackers, and the rest your secondary. Well. Our base defense is a nickel, where you take one of those inside linebackers out and bring in this safety role, where it was uh, Green at the beginning of the year, and now it's been Redmond for the most part. Anyways, all that does is show you that we are maybe if the stats aren't showing it. If that if that's true, that our defense is better that uh, against the run than the pass. I I was under the understanding. they're both top five. Yes, sure, but I you know Delvin Cook gashed us, and Philip Lindsay the way he was. Attacking the hole on Sunday, it was very scary, and I'm glad that we were able to
2: hold them enough. But I what fi- was his total yardage? Do you know? Because it was no idea. Okay, I have no idea. But he was. I mean, I know he's a good back, but is his, his O line is pretty tr- garbage, right? I mean, so that that's. I know they. Thing, I know they've
0: had injuries as well. I don't know how some good of these, their offensive you know, line is. Some
2: some O lines are good enough where you can take a backup, you know, take Pittsburgh last year. I mean, obviously you can make an argument for uh, Connor, but you you take a backup, you know, running back and he comes in and just, just as good as your starter. Is it because everyone blocking for him and and there's not much difference here or are just two phenomenal backs? But what I'm saying is if they're, you know, if Lindsay is great and he's underrated and his O-line sucks, well, I I don't know. I think... (sighs)
0: It's We are allowing them to run on us. We're not allowing them to pass on us, and that's why we're able to. It's it's kind of what uh, what we've talked about kind of with Rodgers before, too, um, or maybe we haven't touched on this. Is I, It feels like the defense and the rest of the team is catching up with how Aaron Rodgers has played over the last four years, where as long as the offense... Doesn't make a mistake, be it a sack or an interception or a fumble, the defense will keep the team enough into the game where we should win, and that's what it's been all year. It's not entertaining, but it's like the rest of the team is finally catching up to what the quarterback play has been. Right. No,
2: that makes. Yeah, I think that consistently, our obviously our offense has carried. The entirety of the team and our defense has been just kind of been shit on over the past five, six years. Yep. So it is a different dynamic to kind of view right now. If if we can keep up consistent play across the board, we'll have maybe more not super exciting games, but very winnable. We're never really down. We're not chasing. Yep. I mean, that's the way it's been so far. That's
0: And this, this isn't fun to say, but it feels like with everything going on in the NFL this year that... We're almost forming and shaping up to be the 2017 Minnesota Vikings, where you look around the league and every everything's falling apart. You know, Cam Newton's out, Drew Brees is out, Ben Roethlisberger's out. All these starting quarterbacks are going down, and it's starting to look like, well, who's going to be left? And now we are this running t- running team for the most part, as it's been a really good defense, but instead of a Case Keenum who's just you know a journeyman quarterback, we have Aaron Rodgers. So I'm hoping. That we stay afloat, we make the playoffs, and once we get there, Rogers is able to turn a switch, which you would hope.
2: So when we need him, he comes through.
0: Yes, that's that's the thing that I'm hoping for, is we can just mosey around here, get enough wins to make the playoffs, hope, maybe get a one or two. I, a first-round buy would be huge, because that never happens to us, unless we go 15 January in, in Lambeau, obviously, is a very nice advantage to have. Absolutely, especially with how the crowd's been lately, from, from what we've heard. But, uh, yeah, wrapping up the defense, I'm not sure what else there is to
2: say. Uh, Impressive stuff I guess by far. Another you know, stat, fun to watch.
0: Yeah, another stat that a lot of people have been throwing around is, uh, I don't know if it was five or six combined this this week, but the Smith brothers combined for five or six sacks this week. Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, all of last year combined for five sacks. Wow. So that just shows
2: you how much this defense has improved. Another interesting stat is that 10% of our team is named Jones or Smith. There you go. Those are, those are the
0: hard-hitting facts you get when you turn into the Poor Man's Packers podcast. You get it here. Um, trying to think if there's anyone. Kevin King, I'm starting to have more questions. You know, he has some plays where he really shows up, and other ones, it's like he's not even following the guy. Jair said that he thinks that they have the best corner tandem in the league. Maybe if you average it out, because I think Jair is <laughs> such a great player. But Kevin King, I th- I'd like to see more out of him. I'd like to see. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of Tony Brown either, because I really like what he brings to the table. But other than that, Kenny Clark, he, he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, you got to just expect him to blow blow up the interior offensive line every game he's in. I don't know what else there is
2: to say. Just hold on for dear life and hope this defense is able to continue and stay healthy. But if, if nothing changes about the defense, I would be very happy. I mean, of course, who wouldn't be? Right, it's it's very exciting, and you're just once. We've said it before.
0: If if Aaron Rodgers can figure it out, this is going to be a really scary team.
2: And I wanted to make a a, maybe just a statement. Does he need to figure it out? The reason we've seen these games in the past where he goes off for four or five touchdowns is because our defense was letting uh, the opponents get up by three or four touchdowns or score every time they're on the field. We don't need Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers right now. Maybe we just haven't been sure. an opportunity where he's down by three scores and needs to light it up and take advantage or, or take chances that we don't need. You know? Sure,
0: but the, the difference is is we're, saying, we're seeing the same Aaron Rodgers quarterback play right now through these three games that we saw in 16 games – or, yeah, 16, 15 technically games last year. You know, where it's just it's, – it's not just the points – because if we're talking points, we can't complain because we've gone from 16 to 24 to 27. So we're only, we're only yeah. scoring more every week, but it's just the throws he's missing. He had one this week to Tanyan as well, where he just airmailed it. He yep. just it was just like a five yard out, and he and Aaron just airmailed it to the sideline, which is just but not you what you want to see. Previously,
2: it wasn't Tanyan. He slowed up on it too. Right? This is a different play. Okay, different, different, play. different play. Sure. Yeah. My God. I'm so sorry. Pay attention. Pay attention. I shouldn't be on this cast. Oh,
0: all right. Well, <laughs> with that, we'll go to one more message from our sponsors.
2: Hello, Packer fans. Do you ever feel like you're missing something? We figured out what it is. You're missing qualified B2B sales opportunities with prospects in your target market. At B2B Data Guy, we work with all kinds of Packer fans just like you to generate targeted and qualified B2B sales opportunities for all of our clients. We do this by sending highly targeted emails to a 100% verified email list your ideal customer awaits you. Please check out b2bdataguide.com for more information. Mention this exclusive promo code, I'm a poor man, for additional offers and discounts.
1: And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake.
0: All right, so take news this week. Uh, Figured I'd switch it up a little bit because there wasn't anything I really, really disagreed with from anyone on the beat or a blogger. But this has been a point of discussion, and I think it's interesting to bring up. Uh, Nagler yesterday on Monday night during the press conference Actually, I mean, he took over the press conference, which isn't surprising. I think he's in a cool role where there's the regular beat guys who are local are there, and the Nagler, like at training camp, he can just barge in and ask whatever he wants, and there's no negative uh, repercussions because he doesn't live in Green Bay. So he he hounded Lafleur for uh, for a question, which, which we'll play here.
2: Are you reaching a point with Jimmy Graham where you're getting diminishing returns? It seems like... Outside of the touchdown catch in Week One, whether it's blocking or holding calls or offensive PI, like feels like he's kind of in a rut. Do you feel like you have to shake that up a little bit? No, I think I think we got to do
1: a better job, to, you know, putting him in position to make plays.
0: But also, Andy Herman, uh, he tweeted this out. Uh, he quoted Zach Cruz, who said, I don't know what you do with Jimmy Graham. The two-play sequence is not good. The second play is just on. He's talking about a video where Jimmy Graham isn't showing a lot of effort. Andy Herman quotes and says, I understood the signing in 2018, and while it didn't turn out, there's a level of forgiveness there. However, there's zero reason Green Bay shouldn't have moved on when they had the chance of this past offseason. Now his deal is guaranteed, and he's the lone player on the 53 not giving max effort. So...
2: I'm just going to teed up for you. What do you think about Jimmy Graham? I'm a uh, a Tanyan fan. You know, I've I've had uh, a lot of talk about him. I'm excited. I used to love Jimmy Graham. I drafted him three years running. You know, when he was on the Saints, him and Drew Brees tandem, obviously. I was pumped when he first came over. But I was expecting flashy plays. I was expecting more of that same chemistry right off the gate that Breeze had when it didn't kick up right away. I thought that's fine. Let let him and Rodgers get to know each other. Over the time that they've been together, there's been zero excitement that I've seen at all between them. You're never on the field, and you know, sometimes you get these pre plays where you're like, Oh look, Devontae has a bad matchup over here, you know, and that's what the announcer was saying. You don't see that with Jimmy Graham. You don't see, hey, Graham's coming, be ready. It, it's not you don't see him on the field with a matchup. Up and get pumped. Yeah, he's had a couple of touchdowns. He's had a couple of good plays, but there, there's not a consistent positive flow that that's exciting to watch. So that's kind of uh, disappointing. So, I don't in know short, if you know feel this, disappointed.
0: Jimmy Graham is the highest-paid tight end in the league, or at least he was when he got signed. He, on average, is getting twelve million per year. So now I feel even more disappointed. Would you have cut him during the offseason? If I were the decision
2: maker, I would. But okay. I assume people smarter than me. And that's what I assume most people agree with. Right. I don't know how you can counter that point because now – I mean, just based on these simple facts, it's stupid. I will right now. So we've –
0: Jimmy Graham was a huge discussion piece at the beginning of the offseason. Him and Nick Perry, who are they going to move on from? They obviously moved on from Nick Perry and so did the NFL. He's still a free agent. Anyways, I think people are too quick to want to cut Jimmy Graham – just for this cap reason which people are talking about because he is so he is the highest paid tight end in the league but realistically so he showed up week 1 had a touchdown and we haven't had much other production from the tight end group in general if we cut Jimmy Graham during the offseason he signed somewhere maybe he's playing better than he is with us right now and we go into the season with Tanyan and Lewis and we struggle as we have now we probably would everyone would be crawling for Jimmy Graham and saying we shouldn't have cut him. But that's not even the point I'm trying to make here. The cap savings for Jimmy Graham would have only been $5 million. We would have still paid him $7 million to not play football. If we had cut him during this offseason, we would have paid Jimmy Graham $16 million for one year of football, which I think is ridiculous. I understand that these... You know, you want you want to create cap space, but the cap space we even created by cutting Mike Daniels, we haven't done anything
2: with right. it. So since he's already there, you're saying might as well just pay him that little extra because we're getting more than nothing. Exactly. And we we'll, you
0: you can argue you're going to get a cap hit either way. We will have a I don't we're going to cut Jimmy Graham during this off season, but when we cut him after this year, it's much less. I believe we're we're only going to be on the hook for. $3 million of dead cap when his uh, his base salary next year is something around 8 to $10 million, which will, would just be off the books when you cut him. So essentially when we signed him, it was a two-year deal. You might as well pay him for the entire thing, especially when you're opening up a new offense with Matt LaFleur. You don't know what he's actually going to do. But the biggest reason isn't even the cap. I think especially with how the season's gone, we have forgotten about A player we drafted this offseason, Jay Sternberger. Jay Sternberger is a great athlete, but a pretty raw one at that. Now, he's by keeping Jimmy Graham and re signing Mercedes Lewis, you know, you now have one of the best uh, blocking tight ends in the league in Mercedes Lewis, while also having Jimmy Graham one of the most prolific pass catching tight ends of all time. I haven't looked it up, but I can only assume that there isn't a better tight end group in the tight end room, I should say, in the NFL to learn from than the than the one for the Green Bay Packers. Jay Sternberger, now a rookie, is able to lean on of Jimmy on uh, Jimmy Graham to learn all his pass catching and Mercedes Lewis to learn how to block. I don't know how involved they are,
2: but that alone is going I don't know how you could ask for a better two teachers in the room. Sure, I was going to follow. I, mean, I thought you were going to make a point, and you know, where my lack of knowledge comes in. Does Jimmy Graham do relatively okay for for blocking still? Does does he no, contribute there at all? No, Jimmy Graham is a terrible. He's Not a very bad blocker. Okay. I'm saying Mercedes. No, Lewis. I know, I know. I just didn't know if in general part. I thought part of your argument no, might that, have been well, the, the blocking. Maybe you know, hey, he hasn't performed a bunch of catches but he's a really good blocker.
0: That's, that's part of it um, this past week, too, because week two against the Vikings, there was a block that he completely whiffed on Daniil Hunter, I believe. Like he
2: didn't even try? He's just like, I'm not fucking doing this? Well,
0: no, he did do it, but he he just missed. Okay. And I think it do, he does look lackadaisical at times that he's not giving 100% effort. I have no idea how much of that is true. I don't know how much of it is his
2: injuries, which he's been plagued with as well. So, so I, I guess I'd rather say this. You know, obviously a huge Packer homer. Besides the cap space and that whole argument of training – Are you a Jimmy Graham fan? Do you think he's a good player, given his best, and and, and contributes positively to the team? Like, Is that argument?
0: I will say this. This is what my Uncle Timmy has told me my entire life. You bought the ticket. Now you got to ride the ride. I never wanted to sign Jimmy Graham. That offseason, actually, I would have rather signed Trey Burton from now the Chicago Bears because he's more of a complete player. Well, now we're... and he he costs much less. I believe he's something like 8 million per year. Jimmy Graham is getting 12 million per year and he can't block. I would have rather gone with the younger guy and Trey Burton than Jimmy Graham, but now that we're here, you might as you've you've got to just ride this through until until you have to actually cut him, which would be this next year. That's sure. just I The the positives might outweigh the negatives. I just don't see – I don't think the cap money is worth it. What's the upside here?
2: Is there a chance for a third year from Jimmy Graham? I mean, if we have a fantastic year with him, let's say he starts catching the ball and he becomes an integral part of this offense – Is there, oh, cool, now we're riding Jimmy Graham, you know, Adams, big core, you know, big, big core features here into the next year. Is that, is that something we're looking forward to?
0: I don't think so. I think if anything, the only thing we would like to have from that tight end position this year is uh, Robert Tanyan emerge as the tight end one, which I do believe will happen by the end of the year, but I mean, Jimmy,
2: Jimmy Graham's toast. He's not going to Is this Tanyan's second year? Yes. He was an undrafted free agent last year. Okay. A lot of hype for him when you look online at different places. Definitely. Yeah, a lot of he—he's
0: everyone's kind of sweetheart because he's known as a uh, Big Bob Tannen as well, so he's okay. got the nicknames going
2: as sure. well. Um, is, is that the only segment of uh, Take News?
0: No, now we're go. Um, hold on. And now for Dumb Packer Fan of the Week. All right, Dumb Packer Fan of of the Week. This um this is a pretty much a gimme, but it's been happening long enough where we might as well just go over it. So, there is a guy on Twitter named Mike McCartney. I'll read you his bio. He's a Christ follower who has, who loves his wife, four children, and football. Former NFL Pro Scouting Director. Blessed to rep great people. All opinions strictly my own. Mike McCartney. McCart-ney. Is this a fake profile? This is a real person. This is his real name. Okay. Because could easily be a joke. As, as a dumb Packer fan might might think this yes. is so we'll start with this, and he does this from time to time as well, so he posted on Twitter excited to be working with hashtag Vikings wide receiver Chad Beebe welcome to priority sports, which I assume is the company he works for immediately he gets a tweet trader Packers treat you good and you go and be Vikings very sad Mike first of all um And he spelt traitor wrong, which you would assume he spelt it T-R-A-I-D-E-R. So, of course, Mike McCartney quotes it and says the same thing, traitor or traitor. Mike then follows it or sorry, a new guy follows it up, BK Harnish, and says, oh, okay, you can spell, but you can't coach. Which, okay, dumb, stupid comment, stupid reply. Mike... McCartney replies and says, to be fair, Coach McCarthy won 135 games and hoisted a Lombardi trophy. Just to be clear, that means he won a Super Bowl. Have a great day. After that, the same guy replies to him and says, and you refer to yourself in the third person? You ain't the rock, dude. He quoted, Mike McCartney quotes it and says, my wife said that that would be your response. Which, very surprising either way. And then after that, Mike went full troll mode and just po- posted a picture of the Lombardi Trophy. I love it. It's it, – it, it, not only that, but these, these people, they're the, the same idiots who cannot read a basic name, don't know how to spell the word traitor.
2: Well, that's the whole internet outrage culture. I mean, I'm sure that's what the hot take is every single week. Some idiot misunderstanding or misreading a headline – Saying something so out of bounds, it doesn't even make sense, and and then and then coming coming at him, and, and then doesn't even get the replies. He doesn't get. He's the wrong one. But that's not exclusive to this guy or Packer fans or McCartney or McCart <laughs> McCar- Sorry, McCarthy. <laughs> it
0: does. It does remind me of like 2008, when My we face. saw this. When we saw the same thing, pretty much. Obviously, not trying to reply directly to him, but Favre, spelt wrong. Trader, spelt wrong. Yeah, Time, time I, is a flat circle.
2: I, I think that you could probably find something like this every single week. Maybe not directly correlated to the Packers, but in the NFL for sure, someone not having an understanding of of who they're replying to, because there's so many similar names. Probably like you probably get a cut football player, uh, and, and with the same name as a stud, and then someone tweets out at that guy saying, "Oh, you bummer! Oh, he's going to the you know he's going to be the next wide receiver on the Cowboys," when it doesn't even make any sense because the guy's a, a, a defensive back.
0: You're you're not wrong because now that I think of it too. Um... Our good buddy Ryan Grant, former running back, happens to him all the time. There's a former Redskins player who's still in the league. Maybe he's not anymore. But half of the time I see a Ryan Grant tweet, it's him, quote, tweeting someone who thinks that he just got hurt or he just got a penalty in the game.
2: Yeah, aren't there two John Browns or two Antonio Browns? And, and they're both they're both receivers, right? There's, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of I multiple feel, okay. names. Because well, I feel like, uh, you know, in, in my fantasy draft this year, I remember there was a there was a you know Antonio Brown got picked and it could be John Brown or Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown got, Brown got picked in the second, and then we let someone else pick, an Antonio Brown in the fourth because there was another wide receiver Antonio Brown and the guy's an idiot, but it's like hey okay you know I, it, it, it got accepted. So it, it just, it was an automatic online thing. The dude didn't realize, that, that sounds obviously like, some of them shouldn't be drafted, but the same thing, idiot, fucking just so, a, a dumbass. Sounds know? like
0: a, sounds like a shit league. Sounds like a lot yeah. of, well, yeah, sounds like a, well, sounds like a lot of dumb Packer fans. <laughs> like one in particular. Yes. So now we can, we'll just flow right into uh, the short week game day, Thursday against the Eagles.
2: Um, I'm not sure. What, what do you think? I mean, I'm excited for it. I think a lot of the reasons why I'm excited are things that we kind of covered in in the first segment here of this cast. We talked about why Aaron Jones didn't get a lot of playing time last week. We talked about um, Rodgers only having, you know, getting hit one time. I think with those two things, we're gonna have a lot of fresh guys. You know, our main guys are fresh. They're coming up hot. They're ready. Obviously, I know we're going against at home with a very excited Packer community and, and fan base. Loud. A lot of energy at home against a very beat up, uh, Philly, you know, yeah, they, so, that is, so that they're, is their beat.
0: They are, we are on the opposite ends of the spectrum here where the Packers are relatively healthy this year, which is very strange. Knock on wood. Um, and the Eagles, they, they didn't even practice, uh, this time last week. They just caught they canceled practice, which I can't even remember ever hearing. Um, I'm not sure what to think of this game. The Eagles were one of those teams in the NFC early in the year, uh one of, you know, three or four teams mentioned that uh for a Super Bowl berth. They've been very okay, be it, as we said, they're very injured. Carson Wentz, I think this will be a good test where he, at least according to pro football focus and I don't know how he is in other in other realms. But um He's absolutely our first real test for a quarterback, which right. we
2: haven't had. We get a top 10 quarterback to go against to see how our defense can kind of compare. Now the thing we don't have is as many key receivers, if if I'm not mistaken. We'll see. that Right, that are going to be a, a huge challenge. But either way, with a quality quarterback, we should really put our defense to the test and, and see what happens. It should be a more exciting, a pretty exciting
0: game. Yeah, it's, and we're starting to hit that point in the season as well where we're, as I talked about earlier – we're figuring out how Matt LaFleur is going to manage this team. We talked about before with the snaps and just um, having there be less miles on guys. I'm curious to see if he's going to make changes quicker than Mike McCarthy had in the past. People, as we've talked about too much on the show, Aaron Jones' usage last year and how that pissed people off. I really wonder if this will be the game where we get more of Robert Tanyan and Jake Kumero. Cause it, one, it'll it, we, it's it's their time. It's it's their time to see what they've got on top of it, with their snaps. They're fresh. They're ready to go. I'd like to see if that's where we go. Maybe Geronimo is turning it around, but I assume the Packers are going to win this game. I don't know how good of a team Philly actually is. I know their defense is solid. Their offense is very up and down, and it doesn't seem like the receivers can catch much of anything. But I assume the Packers are going to win for four and four-and-a-half-point favorites. Are, are there home. any
2: matchups specifically uh, or any players you're kind of excited to see here? Anyone you're looking forward to watching this week?
0: I don't know. They're so banged up. You, uh, Like I said, I, you, we want to see this test with, with Wentz, but I don't know how many weapons he really has around him. Either way, Thursday night, it'll be nice to be on primetime football, and hopefully the offense can actually show up for more than one quarter. It would be nice to do that on that type of
2: stage. Right. Definitely kind of uh, puts put some of these naysayers to rest, too. I, I know online we see a lot of people kind of mouthing. Oh, you guys have just gone up against some, you know, less than or no, you guys have gone up a good good defenses. Excuse me. But you you haven't shown anything worthwhile, right. you know. So are the defenses that we've gone up against actually as quality as as, you know, we say they are, you know, because we, we've top we faced what a top. 10 defense every game so yeah well it's
0: this and then we play the cowboys too are a really well rounded team it's and then it might be the chiefs right after that it's 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 a lot of really good teams up front but it's it should be exciting i'm i'm looking forward to thursday night game um
2: other than that i didn't have too much left for for the week no uh i think it's an interesting point to note that in general, the Packers are, are number four for the power rankings put out. Oh, God, don't. You don't like don't. that? I was going to say.
0: Anyone who puts stock in power rankings is an absolute but, but fucking idiot. But even more idiot. than that
2: is, is the NFC North. We, we are all in the top 12. That's true. and So I, I'm not just saying the Packers are great because of the power ranking. I'm saying the NFC North, in which we've beat two of, of our three competitors, are all ranked and looked at very highly. So that adds a little bit more merit to that last point about, oh, have we actually placed quality teams? Because according to a general consensus,
0: yeah, we have. A lot of them have uh, played each other, obviously, divisional games. But I, I, my favorite part of that is the only team to beat an NFC North team this year is the Green Bay Packers. There's only, there's <laughs> right. only two losses in the NFC North right now, and the
2: Packers forced both of them. Right, which is a very cool stat. Yep. So I, I look forward to going into Thursday with, with that uh, with that note.
0: Yep. And with that we'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it turned out because I I mean Andrew's a great conversationalist. I think Kyle knows more of his stuff, but this we'll see we'll see how how people react. Um,
2: maybe the commercial You can send me your feedback at the same place where you uh, go to buy your data lists.
0: Exactly. Um, So with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thank you to everyone who reached out last week and had positive words and negative words. That works too. If you haven't yet, please go onto the iTunes Pod Center and give us a five stars. Five, if you would. Subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. Maybe not. Don't care either way, but you could. So one last thank you to Andrew. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And with that, uh, we'll play off with this music, Sturgill Simpson. Please don't sue us. Go, Pat. Words can
1: stand as deep-